This is the first episode of the last chapter with Michael Pemulus and Henry Jekyll. We are discussing Alan Moore's Jerusalem, and we're going to be discussing it for the next 35 really years, long time. Guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give or take. So, so that was big. So what what we're gonna do a chapter per episode, with the exception, I guess, of of this. We're gonna do half of the yeah. prelude today. And there are thirty-three chapters plus a prelude and an afterlude, so mm -hmm. thirty-five. And uh yeah, I mean I think at the end we'd have like our our entire experience, you know, kind of like a, a look back. So <laughs> yeah, thirty-five, thirty-six episodes somewhere in there. Probably 37, because we'll probably end up doing a look back into what we've just read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you remember this? Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. good times. So, um, yeah, Alan Moore. So we, this is both our, our first time reading Alan Moore novels, novels. as far as I know. Uh, we're both pretty familiar with his writing for comic books. Watchmen, V for Vendetta. Uh, League of Extraordinary League. Gentlemen. Yeah. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, I guess he wrote another book earlier that I wasn't aware of and is not 1,300 pages. So, <laughs> Really? The, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, because if you... I looked in the... It's funny. He doesn't list any of the uh, comic books in here, but mm. at the beginning it says, also by Alan Moore, Voice of the Fire. I looked that up, and I guess that was another another novel he wrote. I thought that was just his words of encouragement. Like, this book <laughs> is the voice of my this fire. Is... And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't think to look it up. Yeah, I I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, so Alan Moore, uh, an interesting character. I mean, like, so I've been uh, very curious about Jerusalem for several years. It came out in 2016. I think as soon as I became aware of it, I was intrigued by it. Uh, if not daunted by its length, this nice. will be the longest book I've ever read. I, I think it's 600,000 words thereabout. And uh, I I think this will be the longest you've ever read, although... Yes, most it, definitely. It, I'm yeah. in the middle, literally in the middle of reading it. I'm I guessing, only read that camping. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not as long word count-wise, I would say. No. Yeah. No, if I brought it to work and you brought Jerusalem and we would compare the size, <laughs> it would probably not not at all be the not, same. Not be the same. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think like Infinite Jest had I mean that is the longest thing I've read. But I think that this even beats that out by like you know fifty to sixty thousand words, which I'm like <laughs> no, those are words. Not not oh. pages or chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Words. It's a uh, it's it's going to be a commitment. So, um, so like I said, I've I've been drawn to it for years, and I saw it at a Barnes Noble with an eight dollar sticker on it for the hardcover, and I was like, I have to buy that. That was my first thought, and then my almost immediate next thought was, I need to have my good friend <laughs> Henry Jekyll read this along with me because uh, you're you're a you're a more connoisseur i think i think you've, I, you've probably read more alan more than i have yes uh, may, maybe a little not not too much yeah because i the only thing i'm pretty sure i read that you haven't was the league of extraordinary gentlemen right. and i have not read the swamp thing at oh, all. Yeah, yeah i've read a little bit of swamp thing but i haven't have not finished it but i i kind of get a vibe and this is just from looking at reviews so i could this could be nonsense nonsense but i think jerusalem will lean more swamp thing ish and it's a kind of maybe exploration of metaphysical things whereas i think watchmen and v they're kind of much more political yeah so i think there's gonna be a lot a lot of magic and surrealism in jerusalem i mean especially after reading the opening Few pages. So I was like, okay, yeah. okay. Huh? So we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I was. We'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a See, little. This is, this is why yeah. I wanted to bring you along. I'm, so, I'm really fun. 
Yeah, his... I, I do feel it'll be a little more uh, Swamp thing-ish or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen leaning towards, yeah. since mm-hmm. that one also deals with a little bit of supernatural kind of ele- yeah. elements. And uh, at, it's funny when you say <laughs> that it was like calling to you and we we sent each other like videos, like uh, our copy <laughs> just literally calling to us. And yes. So uh, that was really funny. It was really funny. <laughs> um, actually, you know, and I, I should interject and say, um, I mean, also, I just didn't realize how many comics he, he'd written that, that I wasn't aware of. Like, uh, like I know he's written some kind of stuff inspired by, uh, man, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, who's the horror writer? That I'm like, which one? The really famous. There's, which one? The, 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 the most famous. Uh, there's she, Edgar Allan Poe. There's uh, no, Robert Louis Stevenson. There's Mary Lee. Shelley. Oh. Oh. H.P. Lovecraft. Wow. There you go. I'm naming off everybody but him. And yeah, I know. It's very hurtful because I love the Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. So, uh, so he's written. More Alan Moore's written a lot of stuff based off of H.P. Lovecraft stuff that I haven't, I wasn't aware of recently. Um, and then I think more along the lines of kind of the supernatural and the magical. I think Promethea is that the name of? Yeah, Prom- that's I one that Prometheus. I. Yeah, something like Prometheus. Yeah, I've been meaning to check that out. So that's I would think. Um, yeah, Promethea. I would think that's probably more along the lines of what we're getting into. I don't think it's going to be a maybe is like I'm sure it'll be gritty, but I don't know if it's going to be like watch yeah. gritty and like V is very political. It might get political. It's a 1300 page book and I have it read is. I'm not sure why I'm talking. I guess I'm talking about like pre- predictions, you know. I was curious to see what other thing he wrote and I wasn't sure if From Hell was something oh, yeah. he wrote, and that's then another. I just looked at it like, yeah. Yeah, that's another he one. He wrote From Hell. Yeah. I think it'll lead more towards that area. That's true. I can see that, too. Because hmm. I know, like, this um, book is a lot about... It's really all about the neighborhood he grew up in, hmm. of Northampton. And so... I mean, I think it's it's going to be very British in that way. And I think we we're kind of already seeing that in the, mm-hmm. in the first few pages we read. I think there's a, I had to look up a lot of British references specifically. It's like, I was like, I don't know what that is because I lived in the United States. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. And the a question boroughs. for you in your copy, do you have the map of the boroughs? I do. Okay. You do. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Um, I was telling, uh, my wife, you're familiar with John, John Mulaney, the comedian, right? Yes. So John Mulaney, one of his things that he does that is funny, but when you listen for it, listen for it, you realize how much he does it. He'll tell you when he's talking about New York city, he tells you exactly what street he's going on. Like in his stand up, he's like, Oh, oh so I- I'm going down 44th <laughs> street. And then, you know, or that connects to, uh, and he, you're just like, why are you including the streets? But I can already tell Alan Moore is doing the same thing with Northampton. Like he's, they'll be like, "Oh, on this street," and I'm like, "I don't need to know every street name, it's, man." It's a good thing he has a map because every yeah. now and then I was like, "Huh, let me check the map to see where where these people are. are." Oh, look, there we go. Exactly. There we go. So I, uh, the other thing about Alan Moore is I, I kind of wrote him off as a, as a recluse. Um, but I was listening to an interview with him recently about Jerusalem specifically, and he seemed, uh, seemed very jolly. I was, I was surprised. He, he seemed, uh, I mean, it was in 2016. So when, uh, when the book released, but he seemed really excited about the project and took him 10 years to write, which does not surprise me because it is, it's big. <laughs> you it know, it's big. funny. It is, it is a big boy, but when you told me that his script for uh, Watchmen basically read as a book, 
like yeah, yeah. Like that. And I was thinking maybe he originally wanted this as a comic book, and then after like DC or I think it was DC that he got into tiff with, with like I'm done, no more yeah. comics, and he yeah, just yeah, yeah. did it like that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's possible. I th- I think he meant for this to be a novel. Um, at least from what it sounded like on, on the interview, it sounded like he meant for this to be a book. But yeah, I mean, like looking at the the script for Watchmen is really intense. You're like, I don't know if you need to describe that one panel <laughs> to quite that length. <laughs> but, you know, which is it's interesting too, seeing that compared to um, we're kind of getting off into the comic books here, but like seeing like a script by like Brian K. Vaughn uh, for um, saga because he's really really loose with it because he wants fiona staple uh to kind of carry the art i mean it's really interesting it's very uh sparse in terms of direction on that whereas alan moore is like every little detail has to be in every little panel and i think you can tell that because i think watchman is very meticulous i mean mm-hmm. I, I think the symbolism in watchmen is very overt um and like the recurring themes and stuff so I, I you can tell that it's not to say i mean not to say anything bad about dave gibbons it's amazing artwork but i think it's pretty much what alan moore wanted you yeah know, more, more his thing than anything yeah he did he wasn't just like hey uh i don't mind having your ideas he's like no this is <laughs> what I want. This is what I want to be seen. This is yeah, out of my brain into here. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so like we kind of alluded to, we both weirdly, and it's it was mostly my fault. We were supposed to wait and do this episode, uh, this first episode, just doing predictions and talking Alan Moore, and then I couldn't resist the call of Jerusalem. And I read a little bit, and then I discovered you read the exact same amount. We're yeah. going to talk about the first, I guess, 17 pages, yeah. weirdly enough, um, because we read the exact same amount. And then, and the, the prelude's pretty long, so I don't feel too bad. We read a little, a little, a little half. less than ha- half, I think, yeah. of the prelude, so it'll it'll break up nicely. So what are what are your Obviously, spoilers. I mean, yeah, this whole thing is going to be yeah. gonna spoil each chapter, each section. Um, so go read at least 17 pages. Yeah, you'll be caught up. Um, yeah. read, read a little bit more, because by the time this comes out, I'm assuming we, we would we'll continue on reading. Yeah. Um, my prediction or what? Just thoughts. What, okay. what were your... Some, so... I'll just say this now. I'm taking a ton of notes because we're 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 taking like so much time with it. I don't feel I don't feel like I have to rush through it. So I'm just writing down everything that comes to mind. No. So what stood out to you? What stood out was obviously the inner panel <laughs> book <laughs> when you opened it. Yes. I honestly thought it was just in a big hardcover edition and not the uh, trilogy book version yeah. of it. But it it was quite quite interesting to see. Um, but once I got past that and after my uh, laughter subsided, <laughs> um, I got the first few pages, they made it seem like I could envision it as a video game, like Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one. I I want to say Kingdom's Heart, Kingdom Heart, where like all the spooks and everything, or uh, Fables Three is more to it. Like all the black when the darkness is taking over the town, and you gotta. Oh yeah. That. When the way that uh, he was describing the burrows like that, like everything was pitch black, nobody was out and about, and they were like worrying, and then they see this one place with one light still in it. That's what I immediately envisioned was that some sort of video game or. Yeah. That's really interesting. So the first thing that stood out to me and, um, and I, I think he kind of confirmed it maybe in that interview, but uh, Alma Warren, 
our our main character sort of maybe at the beginning uh is essentially alan moore i mean alma warren alan moore it's kind of like you have, wow. you have like the double uh in the last name you have like the double letter um so i i think it's a female version of himself and uh so i thought that was interesting i mean he's kind of writing himself into the book and uh and so just kind of plot wise like you're saying she she's with her mom and her baby brother and the first thing that's really happening is she has no memory of being where she is like she's yeah. just like in this place and at first I thought maybe her memory was like slipping or something's mm-hmm. going on, but it's, it's later revealed that this whole opening is a dream. So that kind of like clarified that, you know, when you're dreaming, you don't like know how you, yeah. How you, you got there. Just like, you are. starts. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like in this dream uh, and they go to this, like you said, this place with the lights and I am i uh, I'm pretty sure they meet Jesus which I was like, all right, we're just getting right into it. <laughs> See, I didn't, I, I didn't get that. I honestly, yeah. which so, is going to sound really bad. Like you're going to see two different points. You thought religious, good person. I thought creepy guy trying to bite children. And so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I could be wrong. So he, he's referred to as the third borough. And I was trying to look up like what, what that could be in reference to. Um, I, in my note here, I put some kind of supernatural being and, uh, and I said, maybe Jesus reference. So the only reason I have a couple reasons for thinking it's Jesus. So the first one is he's with these other like bright, like really white kind of shining carpenters. Carpenters. Yeah. So and they call them angles. She hears them as angles, but I think they're supposed to be angels. Like oh, she just okay. like mishears. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then also of course, because they're carpenters, Jesus was a carpenter. Mm. So that's where I'm kind of getting that. And I think there's one more. Th- oh, so, uh, so this, this is where I had to look something up. So he looks at Alma and she, she doesn't, he doesn't speak she just kind of hears his voice in her head and he says, hello, little Alma. Do you know who I am? And, uh, far, it says far too shy to speak his name aloud, but wanting him to know she recognized him. She tried singing the first verse of all things bright and beautiful. So I looked that up and that was a hymn. So since it was a, a like a Christian hymn, I figured her trying to hum this to him was her like, saying, I, I think you're God or Jesus or mm-hmm. whatever. And then he like looks at her and, uh, and it says she knew he'd understood. So that's why I thought you see <laughs> just like right off the bat, like Jesus like, that's, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, this seems pretty, pretty Alan Moore Two two different perspectives. When yeah. I went past that in him, I, you were like, Oh, it's a song. And I was like, Oh, Okay, I'm. Nah, I don't need to look it up. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> I just went through it, so I didn't. I didn't make that connection. I was just kept on reading. After that, I I thought he was a just an American in the wrong side of town. Just like, hey, we're just here, partner. Loudy, yeah, yeah. like, like that. I was like, okay, the mom's definitely going to try to sell the kids for uh, for money and whatnot. But at first. I thought that. Right, right. Yeah, because he seems kind of... It's kind of weird because Alma seems a little uncertain of him. Mm-hmm. And the mom, Doreen, seems very friendly with him. So mm-hmm. the, the... And Alma's five. I guess we should clarify that. So yeah. Alma, this is five-year-old Alma. And uh, yeah, she didn't seem super comfortable with him. And then, obviously, her younger brother Michael is a baby, and I don't think Michael thought anything of it. He he just like enjoyed the glow. Yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing I think it says, um, uh, so it says, unlike all the other workers, so the the angles, if you will, uh, who are white as chapel marble, his complexion is much darker, brown from hard work in the sunshine, or perhaps he was from somewhere hot and far away like Palestine. 
one of the lands she'd heard the older children sing about. So I, I thought again, like, I mean, Israel. So the other thing is too, uh, you know, there are other figures, maybe Muhammad. I mean, that's the other thing I thought maybe it was like a Muslim reference, but I mean, again, the title of the book is Jerusalem. So I was leaning more towards Jesus, yeah. but so. I did not get that when I was reading. Um, you go very deep in this. I'm just like, oh. well, like I said, I, I, I figured since we're taking like the whole year with this, uh, mm-hmm. anything I didn't know, I was going to like, look up come through it <laughs> yeah i mean the other thing he talks about is uh like so that song that they're referencing the older children sing um i can't even say this word but it says quinquereen of nineveh and distant ophir so i look i looked up that phrase and that was from a poem by john maysfield and it was about bringing I have to look at my note. I think it's like uh, bringing a ship to Palestine or like a, it's another reference to Palestine. So something there again, this is why I think it's like Jesus or God or something in this. this yeah, something uh, religious and not just. Yeah. Random. I will point out though, when I first started reading it, he did, state that Alma was five years old. But I don't think at that point he said how old uh, Mike was. Mick? Yeah. Because I was like, so they're pushing out, they're pushing him around the witch. So I envisioned a kid who, or a person, an older brother, like, who was, like, in a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, I, I did too. Yeah. I did too. I, I thought that for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I thought that until they're, until we go to the present and they're grown up and she's older. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is, I think they use the, the That's word. True. I can't remember what they call the thing that he's a, uh, they call it a push chair or a, yeah. A set yeah, of controllers. To, yeah, to me, to me, that seemed like a, a wheelchair, but I, th- yeah. I think he's just a baby at this point. Yeah, or they in- said a two, I think, later on. Because it, it's a scene to confirm the child's interpretation, the third brother was now saying it was just, well, there are so many oaks, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, that was him like staring at him. Yeah. So I was just like, huh. He's a child. That makes sense. Why the and, push chair? And so the third burrow, whoever he is, and whoever these angles are, he's with. They're constructing something called the Portamoth de Norhen. And I tried looking that up, and the only references to that are Jerusalem. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I wrote. Uh, it said. And so this is Doreen and the third borough talking. So the Portamoth de Norin is being constructed for the purpose of Vernal's inquest, a hearing to decide the boundaries of the world. And then I put maybe the universe. So that's what I wrote in my notes. I don't know what any of that means. That was on page 11. <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and Vernal is like, uh, is somewhat related to Alma through their, through her dad. It says Vernal is a family name from Alma's dad's side. And I think um, one of the Vernals like is in like a, goes to like an insane asylum or something. If I, yeah, they, if I caught like right. most of them do. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's really interesting is like, so in that interview he, with Alan Moore, he kind of talked about, so later they talk about uh, let's see. So on page twelve, um, let's see. So Thursa, this is Thursa Vernal. Thursa was reputedly a great success on the accordion, despite her lunacy. So she's good at the accordion, and if you look at the who the book is dedicated to. Uh, the name is different, but it says for Audrey Vernon, the best piano accordionists or cracked lanes ever knew. 
So again, this is sort of a person who's real or based on a real person. So like the the blending of reality and reality fiction. and fiction. He's like kind of he's kind of changing things, but these are sort of people he knows <laughs> at least some of them. It's really kind of it's interesting. But I would have only I only picked up on that because I listened to that interview. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known that he he mentioned Audrey Vernon, the accordionist, and like like somehow he found a photograph of her. I think he said in the second edition of Jerusalem, he wants the photograph of her with the accordion at the start of the book. I'm like, I'm like, is is she that big of a deal? I don't really know. <laughs> like, but I guess there's some sort of, you know, somebody's building something for the Vernals. Yeah. So plot is already out there. Like already out there. Like, whew. um, well, I guess that explains why the base on a true story in quotations. Yeah, base, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort it's of a true based story. on a yeah. so, new prediction as to why they're uh, they're building the for the Vernal. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a uh, an, an asylum. Yeah, I I always wondered that too because it does seem like there's a lot of of them going mental illness. Yeah. on that side of the family or something. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. I have no idea. I've, I, and I don't know how much to, how much weight to give this, mm-hmm. because it was a dream. So I'm like, maybe this is kind of all metaphorical, and yeah. I'm, I don't know. But like, uh, so it's funny. I initially I was like, this book is already like super out there, and then when I got to like, you know, uh, that was the dream of Alma Warren. Part of me is like, oh, but then the other part of me is like, no, I'm glad that was just a dream because that was like, that, <laughs> that was, was like really, yeah, a lot for the opening of the book. Um, so yeah, so she wakes up. I don't really have anything much to say about the dream besides what we've already talked about, but yeah, it seems like, oh, that's the word that they kept using a pram. See, I, didn't, I thought a pram was a wheelchair, I guess, but I'm assuming it's a stroller. I like yeah. how I looked up other things like poems and stuff, and I didn't look up pram. Let's look up, let's look up the wow. word pram, so we can be really, uh, we're really authentic. With really our... authentic. The funny part was it's a it's a wheel four wheeled carriage for a baby. There you go. You see, if we had looked that up earlier, we would have. Not yeah, yeah. Uh, um. So yeah. So then she wakes up, and there's like a short little history of their family in a way uh so there's a really interesting part it says within a year her brother michael choked to death and yet somehow got better and was back from the hospital unharmed at home with them down andrews road inside a day or two which neither he nor alma really mentions afterwards although it scared them at the time so he like died or did not die or was die died and was resurrected um and then later when he's Michael now goes by Mick. Uh, he's like working in a factory and he gets hit on the head and it says a variety of troubling thoughts uh, and strange memories churned up to the surface while he'd been knocked out. So he starts remembering. Uh, it says he remembered things that were so odd that they couldn't possibly have happened. And he started to become concerned that he was kind of like losing his mind, I guess. So family footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> so he maybe died where I'm not really sure, but they kind of just agreed to not talk about it. And then yeah. he forgot and then he got hit on the head and then all these strange things came back to him. And uh, yeah, so that's, I, I'm guessing that's kind of where the rest of the book is going. Maybe yeah. like exploring these strange memories <laughs> of his something's calling to him i think yeah, exactly he's gonna and, head back to that uh asylum place right right and so then his wife says you should go talk to your sister alma because she's crazy which i thought was like that's really good advice yeah. <laughs> this is crazy go talk to her um and that's kind of where we end off sort of because i think uh on page 18, they just sit down to the, the like yeah. diner. Yeah. The talk. 
Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of description of Alma. She's now like 50, uh, in her 50s and she seems kind of intense. She doesn't want... Um, kind of? Yeah, she's just really intense. <laughs> and, he, uh, uh, where's the quote? He says that Oh, her, uh, no, remember, this is Alan Moore. This is yeah. how he describes her. This is not how I take it. Yeah. <laughs> one word of one acquaintance or a fucking menopausal nightmare describing yeah. her. So uh, already there, I'm thinking this girl's going to go bonkers. I also like said a great majority of men found Alma to be generally alarming. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, and so Michael also, or Mick, apparently he's very attractive, um, and, and, uh, and she's not, I mean, I mean, he's, it, it says other than to her face, Mick would admit that almost what you'd call striking more than ugly, even at this late stage in the game. I mean, so she's not ugly, but yeah, again, like. She's like wearing like all black and her hair is just kind of like all on her face and she's all alone in the corner of the bar and nobody wants to really go near her. Um, and then he's, I guess, this kind of angelic, I think it described, yeah, angelically good looking younger brother. Yeah. Um, so that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's interesting, but um, so other little things I had to look up. Uh, just for fun. Uh, so it says, so they're talking about the, the neighborhood, the bar they're going to. It says, evidently the flat dwelling residents remaining in the gutted neighborhood who weren't confined to their front bedroom by an asbo usually prefer to head up to the sick and spunk and stabbing friendly zoo of the town center rather than endure the mortuary still of premises close to a home. So basically that's a long sentence. But what I want to talk about is asbo. So that is something called the antisocial behavior warrant. So uh, I had to look that up and it restricted individuals from, it's like almost like a restraining order, I guess, but for like location. So if you were convicted of like, uh, I don't know, drunkenness or you're like intimidating someone or anything like that, you could be like uh, confined to an area or you couldn't return. It's almost like being trespassed. You couldn't go back to a certain place. So I, I guess it was basically to uh, not criminalize some of these behaviors, which I guess, you know, that makes sense. But I, again, this is in the United Kingdom. Yeah. So I don't know anything about it. I was like, I don't know what that, that is. And, oh, and so they also talk about um, Miss, Miss Pears. So they're talking about how good looking Mick is and how good looking a baby he was. And he could have won the Miss Pears, uh, contest so it's kind of like gerber yeah exactly it's kind of like the gerber baby here so it's like miss pear or the pear pears is a soap so i guess there's some sort of competition each year to pick a baby for the miss pears marketing campaign (laughs) and uh and there's a reference to it says almost tendency to overdo things with extended to her grand Wignall Theater of Expression. So that theater was apparently a French horror theater that was open from 1897 to 1962. And yeah. So basically she has some really intense facial expressions, like almost like horrifying, uh, disturbing facial expressions. It's, it's, she says she's more of a religiously themed murderess or pyromaniac. You know, it's like, funny. Now that you brought up that he based her off him, that's exactly how he looks like. I know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like a murderer or a pyromaniac. Yeah. And, and that's what I found funny is like, I mean, I, like I said, I'm pretty certain that's what it is. And like the fact that he's sort of describing himself, um, in these like really extreme ways. I mean, like if you look at the guy, it's like, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's see if there's a picture in him. This. But yeah. So as far as like, I mean, 
plot goes, obviously not a lot happens in 18 pages, but a lot to, uh, a lot to ponder about. Um, I mean, I, I don't know where this is going. I mean, he, so Mick is troubled by his, his issues of his sanity. And apparently Alma is not, you know, not concerned because, because she's Mick's, already yeah, Mick's <laughs> wife is like, your sister's crazy. And then he's like, she is crazy. I mean, it's pretty agreed upon. <laughs> Alma's kind of crazy. So uh, he's probably thinking she's got the craziness from his, from his yeah, already. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, so she she's sitting at a corner table in uniformly black ensemble, jeans, vest, boots, and leather jacket. So yeah, she's quite the Popper. figure in the bar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a biker. He just described so, a biker. Yeah, exactly. What did you think of the writing overall? I mean, what are your 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 thoughts? Because I, I think for me, like, uh, I mean, his dialogue for, like, Rorschach and Watchmen and, like, the whole... Um, the whole chapter with Dr. Manhattan and like time and thing. I think that's like, to me, his, his best writing I've encountered. Um, I'm just being like, he, he can switch genres. I mean, the Rorschach stuff is like really like noir gritty, um, kind of playing on that crime genre. And then like, he can be super sci-fi E with Dr. Manhattan and kind of metaphysical, um, so what what are you thinking of his prose so far? I I guess that was a long question. His prose is for him using so many words, it's still clear and understandable to me. Yes. Because part of me was like, you pick this book <laughs> to read. I'm like, some of the books you read are like way too uh sophisticated for what I usually read. Because I'm, I'm, you're more sophisticated than than I'm, I understand too. Because I I usually stick to like books based on like Indiana Jones or Star Wars or every now and again I get a uh, um like a f- crime novel like Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm, like I'll mm-hmm. get one of those every now and again. But you're you're the books you read are like much. Um, much more cultured than Jack Reacher because Jack Reacher is all about like hurting people and getting justice and all that. And here you are, uh, the book you were reading before this or currently still Mason and Dixon and then Thomas Pinchon and all this post modern uh, jive you're giving out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm reading James Bond right here. <laughs> this is sort of like, this is really good, but reading switching between uh, basically James Bond into this is different, but a lot easier than I what I expected at first. Yeah. Yeah, so, I I think uh we'll see if that continues. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I was flipping through and I saw like a whole like song chapter and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> like yeah. um but uh flipping I'm assuming. Was that? He's gonna be flipping a lot. He's gonna be like as you said, crime yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Science fiction, and then he's gonna go Tolkien because Tolkien, in his Lord of the Rings, he did full songs, songs stuff, yeah. not creatures, characters. Yeah, I, I think, um, I was. He he really likes similes, mm-hmm. and like I think they're all really good. Like there hasn't been like, there have been some that are better. Like he, there's been some where I've been like, wow, I've never thought of describing that in that way before already in like 18 pages, but like he, he might go there too often for me so far. I mean, I I like a a good simile as much as the next guy, but he's like, like everything is like something else. I feel like so far and, and true. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I mean, it definitely seems like he is, um, almost really trying to write a novel. I don't know if that makes sense. Like maybe like he's, I don't, I don't want to say he's overcompensating, but like 
he's like, I am Alan Moore writing novel now, you know, yeah. instead of like writing comic book. Um, I'm trying it. to see if I, I should have, I was so busy writing down, uh, you know, references of poems and hymns that I didn't write down any of the similes I liked. So maybe <laughs> I ought to be better about that. Um, oh, I will have to take notes next time too, because I'm just like, I said I would like try to write in the book and like, no, I use sticky notes. I'm like, oh, I'll just commandeer some sticky notes from work and just like, <laughs> it's in there. Be, I have so many sticky notes, man. If you want some sticky notes, uh, I don't know. Like, and the little ones, because they're, they're the little ones that nobody wants to use. So I'll just <laughs> take a couple. So a con for me about his writing was he's literally too British when he's writing. Oh, this, some of the dialogue? I was, yeah, I was like, what the family am I reading? What is this? Yeah, yeah. So and I, then, yeah, no, I almost had to read it out loud um, to understand it. Like, A ain't gonna hurt you. Like, yeah. he ain't going to hurt you. But uh, it's spelled E and then E N T and then Gunner, G U N N E R, and Urcha, U R C H A. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna hurt you, hurt you. Yeah, I, it's it's bad and also good because it's like yeah. authentic. Like it's like you could actually hear and yet not understand from a child standpoint, kind of thing. Like I remember right. growing up, my parents be speaking Spanish, and I'll just be like, "What are they saying?" And I'll hear every bit like something that I would understand. Like they said, "Goat." They said, "Go," <laughs> and then, then I get lost in translation. So I, it's, yeah. it's amazing how he's able to do that in a way. Yeah, I, I so I found a, I found a long sentence with lots of similes in here. So it says, "May Warren, formerly formerly May Vernal, was a stout and freckled dreadnought of a woman, rolling keg shaped down the tiled lanes of the covered fish market most Saturdays." leaving a cleared path in her wake and gathering momentum with each heavy pace, like an accumulating snowball of cheery malevolence, the speckled jowls in which her chin lay sunken, shuddering at every step, the darting currents of the eye pressed deep into the heap blood pudding of her face, glittering with anticipation of whatever awful treat she'd visited the market to procure. Like that's, (laughs) it's an impressive sentence. I like it. Um, but, I mean, we have, like, she's keg, keg-shaped. Uh, she's gathering momentum like a snow mo- snowball of cheery malevolence. She has speckled jowls. Uh, and she has a blood-putting face glittering with anticipation. I mean, just in that sentence, that's a lot about <laughs> like, visual, yeah. the visual of this person. And it's, it's good. Um but like it's it is it's a lot. I mean it's 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 a lot to uh to take in on that one. Um but yeah, get going back to the the dialogue, I, I really liked the dialogue and I, I almost had to like like I said, either like almost read it out loud, but or also just hear his voice. Like hearing his actual accent, I could I could hear like him talking like that. I don't know if that that may have helped you. I never, I never heard the interview stuff. So I'm just like, oh, you should, you should hear him talk. Like, so the other thing, um, so speaking about uh, about that, so right kind of where we left off, um, it's talking about Alma's voice, and it says Alma's voice was smoke cured to an ominous bass organ chord, reverberating in a gothic church, at times even a little deeper than Mick's own. I mean, his voice is so deep it's like oh hello i'm out of more like it's it's <laughs> you sound more like gandalf <laughs> <laughs> he, he is gandalf <laughs> visually oh, and everything i'm gonna play it for uh yeah um so yeah i again I, i'm pretty sure alma is uh, a stand-in for alan especially with a description of of the visuals and the voice and everything. I don't think it's much. I don't think he's. Hiding it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super excited to, 
to keep going. And 18 pages isn't a whole lot to go on, uh, especially with a book this massive. But I mean, I think, uh, I think certainly the dream sequence at the beginning, there's a lot to analyze. Yeah. Analyze and maybe like go back to that stuff as we, we keep going. Cause I, I mean, the question I have is why is this figure called the third burrow? Like, that's like my, my, my big, like, what does that uh, mean? Cause I think a burrow is like a neighborhood, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause that's like kind of where they grew up. I think like they call the burrows. Um, yeah. So this is, I just looked it up a town or district, which is, which is an administrative unit or just a town. Um, so I'm I'm not sure quite what this person being called the third borough, what that entails. And then my other question is, what are the first two boroughs? Like, what does that mean? Was- See, now I'm now I'm getting even. So okay, just talking out loud, and I heard a third and one and two. Hmm. So maybe it is like a Jesus, and then God and Holy Spirit, uh, like the yeah. the Trinity. Maybe that's another thing. Yeah. So, I'm trying to see if they're separated somehow. These burrows. Oh, you're looking at the map. Yeah, looking at the map. Yeah, that's, burrows, that's a good right? point. I don't think so. I just see the burrows. Yeah. Oh, no. Jolly Smokers Public House. The Great Fire of Northampton. I know. I haven't really looked at this yet. This actually pretty interesting Claremont court hey that's a nice little wink to his fellow comic writer what's up it's like Claremont court oh yeah Claremont court yeah so it's it's uh yeah I'm I I have to say I I I mean we'll only read up through the end of the prelude obviously for our our next episode but it's going to be it's gonna be hard to keep away. I'm very, very <laughs> eager to, right. to see the all the things that are in store for us in Jerusalem. But I think that's all I have for this first first episode. I think we we hit all of my nerdy sticky notes. And okay. uh, I'm gonna take some sticky notes from your office tomorrow. <laughs> and I wanna go back and read one through. This is just. 18 pages. Just all these little, little notes to myself. Your your book is so... It's, I mean, your people listening don't know, but yeah. you have the three paperback set, and it's it looks so nice just you flipping it, it over like a book, and I'm like picking up this <laughs> heavy brick. I'm like, turn to page 18. To be honest, okay, that's a pretty nice looking... Uh, I, yeah, I, I honestly think that... Uh, you and I should have gotten swapped. <laughs> you take you would take this to work to read. I would. I would leave mine at home to read it here. Yeah. I think it would have been you would have been able to get this and I would have gotten the other one. I think the problem with taking this to work is I would try to read it and then someone would be like, I've got a question. Or uh they would I, I I can't focus well enough to uh, to not like hear other people talking. Like even if, if there's like people talking in a break room or whatever, I can't like focus on something like this, you know. Yeah. Also, I feel like people think I was a crazy person if I was like writing like. Well, they would only think you're a crazy person for the cover page. Like, would. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad that they can't see it, but. I'm also disappointed that they can't see. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really something. Yeah. Again, that would have been like what was it, Berserk Volume Nine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what would have probably be at stairs and whatnot. Like, what is he reading? Like, oh hey, oh god, oh, and they oh, drop the book right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, very good. We will uh, we'll be back again with. Um, with part two, I guess we'll call it part two of the prelude. I guess, you know, the second yeah. half of the prelude, um, maybe not so much to, well, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I, 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 it seems like the rest will kind of be maybe a conversation between Mick and Alma. So probably less yeah. to like 
pontificate about you know the meaning of burrow <laughs> or what yeah could just somehow throw again more for all i know yeah. the third burrow will walk into the the bar and sit down and you know i don't know what's gonna happen so who knows no it's gonna be a anyone's guessing game right now exactly do you think it happened i will say this when you told me you were like already on page 15 a couple of nights ago the day before or the day after i was like i'm gonna catch up uh-huh. i would be like 15 and then you would have been like on page 25 and then finding out that you stopped at the exact same spot that i sorry uh same spot i did where i stopped the, at the exact same spot you did was really alan moore style coincidences <laughs> exactly exactly it was some sort of wizardry yeah yeah i just uh i i just need to not get distracted i'm I'm in the home stretch of mason and dixon and i just need to finish mason and dixon because uh the book's a commitment hey 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 there it is you got it you got it that book uh goes back and forth from being ridiculously dense to there being giant tomatoes and where beavers and you're just like what where beavers yep no joke this is 773 pages yeah this will be a cakewalk compared to the 1300 page although mine's like small yeah it is interesting so you're you're so this is not that interesting probably to the to the listener but but it's interesting that our page numbers are the same because you're the actual size of your book is so much smaller. So you must have really tiny print. Yeah. Cause mine's mine has a lot of words per page, but like much taller lettering. Pages. So yours must be. Yeah. Really I, tiny. I just assume yours was, uh, going to be tinier since yours is a thicker version, but yeah. now knowing that this is smaller and we're literally on the same page. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Gotta get your, your uh, magnifying glass. Uh, yeah. Really uh, look at it. No, that's why I have these. I got the Austin Powers. Clink, clink. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. We'll be back with another episode. Like I said, it'll be uh, part two of the prelude. Read along with us. And uh, then after that, we'll actually get to chapter one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That Thank you for right. listening. They like chapter one. When yes, chapter one. There you go. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I've been. Why well, I am the Michael Pemulus, and this is I am good. the Henry Jekyll, and this has been the last chapter.